everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, your host, and this is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors and advertisers, Anchor International, AEI, C-Cubed Aerospace, EFW, and IPR Conversions. I'm pleased to be joined today by Jeff Lee, our associate editor. It is March 12th, 2021, and here are the biggest news items from our editorial team this week. Starting with the mega merger, a $30 billion deal to combine Lessor's Aircap and GCAS surfaced this week. Jeff, can you put this into context? Who are these Lessor's and how is the industry reacting to their new alliance? These are actually the two largest aircraft Lessor's in the market, and this deal caught some of our sources by, by surprise, some by the nature of the, the parties involved and others by the fact that it was going forward, you know, in times like these. But I suppose given the crazy year, it's been nothing really should come as a, a huge surprise. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, true. Our, our story this week, focused on, on how the merger could be an opportunity for Aircap to get back into the freighter game. Uh, GCAS, as we've reported extensively, has been in heavily involved with the 737-800 program with both uh, BCF conversions from Boeing and SF conversions from AEI. Um, and GCAS is also you know, a launch customer and is, is co-marketing Israel Aerospace Industries uh, upcoming 777-300-ERSF program. What about AirCap? What, what does their exposure to freighters and conversions look like at the moment? And how might this change post-merger? AirCap's exposure isn't huge. They currently don't have that many freighters in, in their portfolio. Um, one source estimates that it's around 2%, while another estimates it's even lower than that. Um, and we haven't seen any public announcements from Aircap, um, you know, on freighter conversions and conversion orders. But in the past, they've actually they had been, you know, more heavily involved in conversions, and they were the launch customer for for the first iteration of of an A three twenty and A three twenty one conversion program. On the other hand, GCAS, of course, was the launch customer for. The, the, for Boeing's 737-800 BCF program, AEI's 737-800 SF, um, and as, as you said, that already a you know a partner in the launch and the development of the of Israel Aerospace Industries 777-300ER conversion program. Um, but on the feedstock aspect, both of these vessels have large portfolios of passenger aircraft, obviously, with, um, and GCAS has up to around 70, uh, 737-800 conversion slots with Boeing. So this deal might represent uh, some sort of an easier pathway for, for Aircap to move back into the freighter market. Um, and as the Aircap itself, its portfolio as of the end of 2020 had about had more than 250 owned and managed 737 NGs. We don't know the split between the 700s, 800s, and 900s, but there's, you know, 
Uh, and same with the A320 family aircraft, that they've got more than 300 of those. And not all of these will be destined for conversion, obviously, but we know that around 100 of the NGs and about 180 of the A320 family frames are scheduled to come off lease between now and 2025. So I think it's likely we'll see some of these heading to conversion, um, particularly given the, the weakness in, in the passenger market. What's interesting is the A321 conversion program, because neither of these two vessels have uh, announced orders or commitments. And with the, the long backlog on the A321 conversion already, we if they do want to get into that market, um, you know, we would expect them to announce or to place uh, orders pretty soon. Yeah, of course, this is the, uh, the first narrow body, uh, single aisle um, freighter conversion available in an Airbus variant. At the moment, are there are there any lessors who have opted for for uh, you know mixed portfolios of seven three seven NGs and and the A three twenty family conversions? Obviously, it's early days for uh, for for the A three twenty one programs. It is early days, but interestingly, BVAM is, as far as we know, the only lessor to 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 have seven three seven NG and A three twenty one conversions. So. We'll, we'll see when when that changes. Yeah, probably in, in as we move into 2022 and as, as Precision uh, 321 Precision Conversion certifies its program, EFW's A321 uh, program gets off the ground. I, I would agree there. You know, and, and looking at this deal uh, post in this post-pandemic situation, Jeff, do you think we're going to see more such mega deals? Well, we'll see, but I mean, right now, capital is, is relatively cheap, and I think across the board, we can expect more consolidation, whether it's on the airline side or logistics companies or handlers, and that applies to, to lessors as well. Um, but will we see another similarly large deal? Possibly not, because those two were the largest players in the game, but you know, some other medium-sized lessors have, have relatively healthy balance sheets and sources we, we talked to think that we might see some of the smaller players being being picked up by these medium-sized firms. So it's we'll see what happens. But you know, speaking of mega deals, in another kind of surprise announcement, Amazon exercised its, its warrants for shares in ATSG and some on a cash basis, which is different from what they've done with Atlas Air. Um, what does this suggest about what they think about ATSG? Yeah, you're, you're right to point out the similarity of the warrants that Amazon held with both ATSG and Atlas, um, which have, have matured in, in recent months or uh, as various commercial conditions have been met, um, you know, following uh, multiple deals between Amazon and, and uh, its, its air partners. With, with Atlas so far, uh, we, we've seen Amazon exchange warrants on, on mostly an, a non-cash basis. Um, 
you know, Amazon has kept its stake at, in, in Atlas at below 5%, uh, forgoing the opportunity to appoint a formal board member. Um, you know, and, and with ATSG, uh, as you mentioned, these, these warrants were, were on a cash basis. There were some uh, exchanged on an on-cash basis as well, you know, which indicates that Amazon isn't, um, isn't against doing that for, for some of its warrants with ATSG as, as, as well. Um, there's, there's consensus among the, the, the analysts and, and some of the other financial analysts and some of the other sources we spoke to, uh, you know, that Amazon's willingness to hold ATSG shares reflects the company's more prominent role for the company, uh, for Amazon's domestic air operation. And, you know, if we look at the fleet, ATSG is Amazon's main partner for the 767 platform in the United States, uh, with ATSG Airlines on track to operate at least 42 767s on behalf of Amazon by the end of the year. Um, and it's ATSG's leasing affiliate CAM leases all but two of those to Amazon. Uh, you know, and, and this... This is from a, a starting point of, of five that emerged and that evolved into uh, you know a deal for twenty and and um, additional aircraft have been added since two thousand sixteen. But ATSG has been able to scale up its operation for Amazon without major issues. Um, you know the other seven six seven operator in the United States, Atlas, in comparison, uh, leases. 19 767s to Amazon and operates 17 of those on a CMI basis. Uh, two of those, those aircraft that are not currently in the Atlas fleet were originally in the fleet uh, and were transferred to uh, Air Transport International following a, a February 2019 uh, crash involving an Atlas Air operated 767-300. And while Amazon never came out and said that, you know, this is the reason for, for transferring the aircraft. It is uh, indicative of, of service uh, issues and, and perhaps um, the continuation of, of labor disputes between Atlas and its labor unions. Uh, you know, we have heard from sources that um, Atlas has made progress, you know, in, in, in improving uh, its, its um, quality uh, delivery. Um, and, and fulfilling its obligations to, to Amazon. We have not seen any additional transfers. Uh, the Southern Air Fleet has also continued to add 737-800s on a CMI basis for Amazon, though not as, as many as its newest CMI partner for the 737-800 platform, Sun Country Air. So, I mean, what happens next and what, uh, what are we going to be looking for there? Yeah, there's there, there's quite a lot to, to monitor um, moving forward. I guess I'm I'm quite I'll be curious to see if, if Amazon does move forward in appointing a board member, uh, you know, and, and if so, who? Um, you know, to what extent does Amazon introduce its DNA into the ATSG boardroom? Uh, I'm also curious to see. You know, Amazon acquired 11767300s and is in the process of having them converted. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where those, those end up. ATSG has, has mentioned that 
you know, they definitely have a possibility to, to add those to its, um, its AOCs. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see pretty soon, you know, how that plays out. Uh, you know, long, long-term does, does Amazon continue to increase its stake in ATSG? You know, they, they could own up to uh, upwards of 38%, um, you know, and, and if so, what is, what is the end game here? Does this change their relationship with, um, with other partners in the United States? Um, you know, and, and if this is the case, we probably won't see m- much of a change for, for at least a few years. Uh, because most of the the aircraft that are on on uh, CMI with with other operators are are um, you know linked to deals that aren't aren't set to expire for at least four to five more years. Uh, so the Atlas seven six sevens, for example, don't expire until twenty twenty six. The seven three seven eight hundreds that GCAS is leasing to Amazon don't begin to expire until twenty twenty nine and as we've seen with um, you know some of Amazon's early leases, you know the the company has not been opposed to extending uh, leases, and in some cases there there do exist options to to further extend those leases. So it's um, yeah they're they're moving into a, a long term view in, in planning their their domestic operation. So apart from the, those two major deals, what were some of the top freighter aircraft transactions that we saw this week, Jeff? We did see, and actually, interestingly enough, these also involve 767s and ATSG and Atlas because uh, YTO Cargo Airlines in China has, has now acquired two of its first 767-300 ERs, and they will soon be sending them to conversion uh, with IAI. And meanwhile, Air Canada, uh, the fir- what will be the first 767 freighter for Air Canada is now in Tel Aviv and will be also be converted by IAI. Uh, that, of course, will be, is being acquired by ATSG and it's then being leased back after conversion. Um, and a similar kind of deal we saw with uh, Iceland Air this week, um, which is selling two of its 767s to Atlas Air and then leasing them back after conversion. So by by the end of this year, we'll see two new 767 freight operators and, and later on uh, a third one in Iceland Air too. So it's definitely an interesting time for 767s. Yeah, not only for the express industry, but uh, there's interest from combination carriers as well. Uh, I remember previously, LATAM was really one of the only major combination carriers operating the type, and well, there Canada and Iceland are are on the way. Um, looking ahead to next week, what's on tap? We're continuing to look at some interesting um, wide body freighter transactions, and uh, we'll have a better look at what happened to, to traffic in in February. So, yeah. Quite a lot. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jeff. And and to those of you watching, thank you for joining us for the weekly wrap on CargoFax. For more multimedia content like this, check out CargoFax.com and search CargoFax Connect on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. 